What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse and those HBCU Pulse Radio in the building for another special edition of the show once a day. Well, listen, it is Thanksgiving weekend in the building. The football season is officially over for Division One and Division Two HBCUs. We have the Bayou Classic this weekend. We have the Turkey Day Classic on yesterday, and we're going to get into some championship conversation and some celebration bowl conversation on next week. There's some things we got to set up, things we got to make happen, but we're going to have some great content for you as December rolls around and as we end the football season. But it's Thanksgiving week. I wanted to do something really big, really grandesque for Thanksgiving week. And I wanted to show love to my HBCU, Fort Valley State University. Now, I don't want you all to think it's random. Fort Valley State University was selected to be in the inaugural Florida Beach Bowl. The Florida Beach Bowl is a Division II bowl game, the only Division II bowl game out right now, where the SIAC and the CIAA are going to face off against each other for football conference supremacy. And listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to call it fair and down the middle. We're going to talk about it. But Fort Valley has a good chance. I'm going to tell you why Fort Valley has a good chance. We have an amazing head coach. That's a former CIAA graduate. Shout out to head coach Sean Gibbs. He was an amazing record-setting running back for North Carolina Central when they were in the CIAA. See, now they're winning celebration bowls. They're making the FCS playoffs. They're doing all these amazing things in the MEAC. But they were a longtime member of the CIAA when head coach Sean Gibbs was a player. And, of course, Sean Gibbs has a lot of coaching experience. He was on the Celebration Bowl champion winning North Carolina A&T Aggies football team, developing amazing running backs like Tyreek Cohen. So we got a coach that knows what needs to happen to win a bowl game. He got three HBCU national championships, but also... We have an athletic director at Fort Valley State University, Dr. Renee Payne, that just came on and just joined the family that has a vision that knows what needs to be done to build the program. And this was step one of Fort Valley reclaiming our destiny as a blue blood HBCU power. So I got a chance to interview head coach Sean Gibbs and Dr. Renee Payne, who's the athletic director for Fort Valley State University. Had to do it, y'all. Had to rep for my HBCU, Fort Valley State University, as we're looking to be the inaugural Florida Beach Bowl champion. So for the remainder of the show, you're going to hear my interview with Coach Gibbs and with Dr. Payne about the Florida Beach Bowl and the direction of the Fort Valley State University football program. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio. Small HBCUs matter, too. Let's go. It's the Division II HBCU Roundup on HBCU Pulse Radio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to HBCU Pulse Radio. Listen, I'm a Fort Valley State University alumni, and I don't hide it at this point. And we got some great things going on. We're in the Florida Beach Bowl against Johnson C. Smith University, representing the SIEC. And I have the stakeholders 
in athletics, making it happen at Florida State University. I have head coach Shine Gibbs and athletic director Dr. Renee Payne. So first and foremost, I got to start with you, coach. Florida Beach Bowl. You've been bowling before, okay? You've been with North Carolina A&T. You've made it happen. So how does it feel to be in the Florida Beach Bowl going against Johnson C. Smith? It's a great feeling. You know, we're excited about this opportunity to go out and represent our university as well as our conference. You know, to be in, in the inaugural game of the Florida Beach Bowl is a blessing. You know, it's been a, it's been a long season, and I'm glad that our hard work is, is paying off. And I, I got to default to you, A.D. Payne. This is your first year at the helm of Fort Valley. You're the athletic director. You used to work in Florida. So you got to tell me how you feeling about being in the Florida Beach Bowl. Very, very excited. Again, it gives our student athletes uh, the opportunity to, one, play another game and not end the season with a loss, but also gets them an experience of what it's like at, the, at some of the larger institutions. And they can see what the bowl game experience is, is like. And I've been telling people bowl games are different than classics. So it is, bowl game is truly about the student athlete. It really, really is. And so we, we're excited about our team uh, playing in it. And again, we have a really good team. They, they earned it. This, this was not just a given that we were going to get in. They did earn it. They did their part as the uh, team and with the record that we have. And then I had to do my part as the athletic director to make the case uh, as to why we should be the team selected. I love it. Hey, listen, you made a case. You made the case. And now we're in there. <laughs> we're making it happen. Everybody wanted to be a part of this game. Like it was the CIAA, the SIC. Because, you know, what we're seeing is that we see the opportunities that the bowl game system and the bowl game situation, what that gives HBCUs as far as exposure and as far as money. And, you know, we want to make the playoffs. We want to compete. But at the same time, this is something for us and helps us in extending the season. And I got to say this, all right, Fort Valley has been in a bowl game before. We were in the Pioneer Bowl back in 2010, but we lost to St. Augustine's 20-9, okay? So we can't do that again. All right, we can't lose the CIAA again. And, and Coach Gibbs, I know you're a CIAA graduate, North Carolina Central. You were setting records. You were a legendary running back for North Carolina Central, but you you on the SIAC side now, Coach. You gotta you gotta help us win. No doubt, my allegiance is to the SIAC. I, I have a lot of history with the CIAA. You know, not only myself but my father. I have two nephews that are playing at Shaw University right now, so I have a lot of love for the CIAA. But on December thirteenth. It's all about the SIAC. That's what we like to hear. Like, listen, national championship winning coach. You know what's so crazy, Coach Gibbs? I was watching the 2015 Celebration Bowl on replay, and I saw you on the sidelines coaching. I was like, that's my coach right there. And you know what? It's a lot of parallels between that 2015 Celebration Bowl and our team. Coach Jones and I were talking today. If you go back to the 2015 season, we lost – our uh, last game against our rival, North Carolina Central. But thanks to the good Lord up above, we were given the opportunity to go compete in the Celebration Bowl and we're able to redeem ourselves. So that's what we're looking to do here. The last game we played didn't turn out uh, like we wanted against our rival, but we've been blessed with another opportunity to go out and compete, and that's exactly what we were preparing to do. So I got to ask you this when it comes to just the aspect of being a coach. Now, you graduated from North Carolina Central. You went to go coach at North Carolina A&T with Coach Broadway, and you won all those celebration bowls, and you were an integral part of that team, developing so many great players. So 
How was it being a part of that rivalry? Because you experienced Fountain City Classic, Albany, Fort Valley, but you graduated from North Carolina Central, but you were coaching at North Carolina Ante. So how was that experience? Well, you know, at first it was a little weird being on the other sideline, but, you know, I, I grew to really love uh, North Carolina a and I spent, you know, 10 years there. So, you know, it, it was tough but you learn to love where you're at. And so I developed a love for North Carolina A&T. So it wasn't hard for me to go out and compete against those guys. The only hard part was when we lost, I had to, I had to deal with my father. You know, he's a North Carolina Central graduate as well. So I had to listen to that for a whole year. So that kind of motivated, motivated me internally to try not to lose that game anymore. And you didn't, like not often. You, did, you didn't do it. You had, you had the one moment at 2016, but y'all made it happen. But I want to get this from both of you all, right? So you all are new to the Fort Valley family, and you all are already doing so many amazing things. Of course, Coach Gibbs, you came on last year. So I want to just get from both of you, starting with you, A.D. Payne, like what made you choose Fort Valley just to work here? Like what made you choose Fort Valley? So I, I think I mentioned this on the Twitter space and, and to others, you know, on the movie, Remember the Titans, little girl that's in the movie, her dad is the coach of the other team and she's calling plays. She's learning football just like the guys were. And, and that was me as a, as, as the only grandchild in the house with my grand, my, my grandmother and, and grand and grandfather and my mom and dad and my uncles would take me and they would take the little green army men. And I learned, that's why the Pittsburgh Steelers are my team to this day. I learned football with the little green army men on the table and who was who and what plays. And I was six years old when I first was introduced to football as a game. And so understanding that I've grown up in that space for all these years and then going to a place like the University of Miami that is storied in, in football lore, Fort Valley had some similarities in terms of the football legacy. That, that has come through through here. Um, all the winning seasons, the uh, historic coaches that have been here, former NFL greats that have come through here, Hall of Famers that have come you know, through here. It, it's a legacy that resonated with me, and I knew I wanted to be at a school that had high-level football. And Fort Valley was the institution that was available and open, and I applied for the job just like I'm sure hundreds of others did. But my, I think my expertise in understanding how to move a football program and an athletic department forward was what was the, you know, the, the, the winning strategy for me to become the next athletic director here. And so I'm excited about my time. Um, our identity, I've told people, is elevate the ground. And everybody from the old school understood what ground meant because they've asked me, like, how did you pull that? Who told you? I listen, and that's how we got that as our identity. We want to pull that back and 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 be, you know, everything that those teams were as, as well. The grit, the respect, the opportunity, the winning, and the legacy. That spells ground. That's who we are. That's our identity as an athletic department and a football program. I love that. And just when you bring up the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, got to bring up Greg Lloyd. Like Fort Valley hey. making it happen should be in the Hall of Fame. Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. If they get that moving, we will definitely be behind that 100 percent to make that happen. 
Exactly. So many amazing greats that came from Fort Valley. You got Kent Schoolfield. Like, I, I, when I look at history, I get really stuck on those Kent Schoolfield years because of just the, the massive success that we had going into the 2000s. Even, you know, we, we would beat FCS teams. We beat Alcorn a couple years under, under Kent Schoolfield. So just to, to go to you, Coach Gibbs. You beat FAMU back in the day, too. That's true. In the 70s, 80s. Yeah, that's true. And we, we almost got them 2011, but they had like a Hail Mary type of situation. You know, there ain't no ain't no footage of it. I, I just I just read about it. There, there ain't no footage of it. <laughs> we, we needed we needed that win. We went like two and eight that year. We needed that win. Like I like could have got a, another win. But, you know, that's not here that we love FAMU. But Coach Gibbs. So, listen, you are a story coach in HBCU football, you know, working with Tariq Cohen and just amazing running backs. And you have like a historic run as a running back at North Carolina Central. You could have gone, gone to any job. Any job would have taken you as the head coach, but you chose Fort Valley. So what made you choose Fort Valley to work here and build this program? Uh, well, it was it was two things. Number one, you know, opportunity. Anytime you get an opportunity, I wanted the opportunity to be a head coach. And so being presented with the opportunity at Fort Valley was something that I worked for 20 years to achieve. So number one would be opportunity. And then the second thing, the thing that, really drew me to Fort Valley was the tradition. I'm a, a HBCU history buff. So I know about Coach Porter. I know about Coach Lomax. I know about Coach Schoolfield. I know about Rayfield Wright, NFL Hall of Famer, Tyrone Poole, first round draft pick, the Greg Lloyds, and the uh, Ricardo Lockett's, the Eddie Anderson's, all the great players that came through here, all the great coaches, and just the history of winning, you know, with 12 SIAC championships. You know, I've felt like this is a place where you can really build and uh, build a program, not just a team. And that's what we want to do. We want to build a program. So, you know, we're in the process of getting to where we want to be. And our first goal is to uh, become SIAC champions. And we're not going to hide from that. That's our ultimate goal. But after that, once we do establish ourselves as SIAC champions, consistently we want to put Fort Valley on the national stage and we want to be a become a nationally relevant program and I think you can do that here you know part of the reason that we were selected for the Florida Beach Bowl was not only our record and what we did on the field but I think I want to take this time and just commend Dr. Payne on the way that she fought for us and you know under her leadership we were able to get in the game but also something that made us attractive is our fan base you know we have a following and, and, you know, that's something else that, that made us attractive. So the tradition, the, the the support from the alumni has been tremendous here. And I'm just excited to be the head coach and the best is yet to come. I love it. Listen, as a Fort Valley alum, you know, I like hearing that, <laughs> you know, like we need that success. We need to get back where we need to be as far as just the lineage and the history. Because then we had some down years, like and understandably so, because one thing with sports fans, we always want to see success. But sometimes you have to build that level of success and build a tradition. I think Tuskegee has been really great with that is how they built their, their program. Same thing with North Carolina A&T. So I see us building from where we were into something greater. And I want to ask you this, Coach. Wh what is a successful programming definition? Because when we're prognosticating and we're talking in these spaces, we talk about wins and losses. But for me, I think that is something deeper than just wins and losses. It seems as if it's a system. It's a philosophy. So, like, what goes into building a successful program? Well, I think the most important thing is your culture. And uh, your culture, you know, culture is kind of a catchphrase now, but culture is just simply uh, your habits. So, you know, we got to build the right habits. You know, number one, our first goal is to graduate these young men. 
and send them out into their respective communities as leaders. Then secondly, we want to make sure that we build these young men from the ground up. If we can help these guys become great men, football will take care of itself. So it's more than just about being a good football player. We want to help these guys become a great person and a great father and a great leader in their community. And if we can do those things, start building on that legacy, then football is going to take care of itself. So the most important thing is us getting the culture right and understanding the tradition, understanding the legacy, understanding that we stand on the shoulders of giants. And we can get our guys to buy into that, then we'll be taking the steps toward where we're trying to go. I love that. And, and Dr. Payne, one thing that I think a lot of us opening our minds to is we look at NIL, we look at conference realignment, we look at folks coming up and coming down. Like we see more of the of the backstage business culture of college football. So we're starting to see more of the resurgence of the interest around athletic directors. So for you, what does it take to build a strong foundation and a strong program from the administrative side? I mean, it's similar to what coaches said. It's the culture. So you you have to establish what you want to be um, when you come in. And that's not to say that some things that were present weren't good. Again, I use the word elevate a lot in everything that we're doing because I want people to understand I'm not downing what was happening, what was going on before. I'm saying let's take it to another level. And, and so the culture, as Coach mentioned, is, is critical uh, because if you don't have people on your team that kind of get your speed. So I ran track in college, and so and I was a sprinter. So I already know that my motions and movement is going to be fast and quick, and I'm not patient. So I need people who can match my speed, who can go at the tempo that we need to go at. And sometimes you'll get in a place where folks are not ready um, or they're, you know, scratching their heads like this is not, this, this, this doesn't fit HBCU culture. And what we'll say in folks that have come from PWIs to come to the HBCU space is you are ready and you can do, you just need to match the tempo that is done at. We can do NIL here. We can do major corporate sponsorships here. We can do some of the similar things that are happening at the, the, the Power 5 levels and the other PWI levels. We just have to have people who are willing to move at the speed that it takes to get those things done. And, and, and I tell my colleagues all the time, as when they are looking at specific jobs and they're looking at jobs in the, in the, in the HBCU space, you know, I always tell them, you know, just be cautious because the level, the speed is going to be the detriment. It's not going to be that the folks can't or willing and are, or they're not able or smart enough to do it. They actually are. We're just not sometimes ready. And, and I don't want tradition to kill the progress because sometimes that can happen too. We can get so stuck and drawn in into the traditional pieces of what we've done that we forget that the, the world is still moving and athletics is still moving. And so we have to be uh, ready to move with it if we're going to be relevant in the space. So I want HBCUs to always be relevant, every last one of them. And for us to do that, we have to be think critically and outside of the box of what is norm in the HBCU space and step out there and say, we want our own channel. We want our things to be on TV and we want uh, advertisers to pay us for watching our student athletes compete. 
we have to be able to say that and be in the space, uh, the spaces that allow us to say that and and to to market who we are. So our culture is 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 key, and then in helping people to jump on the same tempo that you, that you that you that you have. And like I said, I know I'm pretty, I've moved pretty fast, but um, some folks are here keeping up. So I gotta ask this now. You said you ran track. So were you like like were you were you fast? Were you winning races in, in track? Were you running? I was right. I wasn't on Brayton. I wasn't like Coach when he was when he was playing. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't. I wasn't all. I wasn't all that. I scored my points. I did what I was supposed to do. That is that is that is what I was saying. <laughs> Listen, that's all you gotta do. All you gotta do is do what you need I, to do. I, I score is co- I, hey, we're depending on these amount of points out of out of this event, this long jump. Did you do that? And yeah, if I did that, then we then we're good. So, Coach Gibbs, I want to ask you about this. So, one thing that I loved about just your career when you came to Fort Valley is the development piece by you develop players, and and of course, the first player we all think about is Tyreek Cohen and all the amazing things that he did in North Carolina and T. Then going to the NFL and just blazing the trail with the Bears, and we're seeing him, you know, come back. He's with the Panthers now. And of course, you have Emmanuel Wilson that took off. Now he's in the NFL with, with the Packers. So when it comes to to developing players, like I, I want to sort of just get a peek into your philosophy because you've done it so well. So what goes into developing these players and sharpening the, their skills so they can make it to the next level and be impactful players? Well, I think the first thing that you have to do is develop trust. They have to believe in you and they have to trust you and they have to know that you love them. Once a player trusts you and he knows that you have his best interests at heart, then he'll do anything in the world for you. So you got to get him to trust you first and foremost. Then once you get him to trust you, I think you have to do your best to push them out of their comfort zone and get them to go places that they didn't believe that they could go. You know, Everybody has unlimited potential. God has blessed us all with unlimited potential. And it's our job as coaches to try to tap into that and get the most out of you. You know, we talk about trying to be the best version of ourselves every day. And so that's all I've done. You know, I really I really get way too much credit when it comes to that. You know, the, the thing that we did was identify the talent. Uh, you know, that's the most important thing. You have to have talent first. But once we identified it, we just uh, did our best to try to get these guys to trust us. And then when they trust you, you can get the most out of them. Let's talk about just the Florida Beach Bowl a bit. We talked about how, you know, A.D. Payne, you really pushed to make this happen. And we see really around the sector of HBCU life, we see that the bowl system, what we have with the Celebration Bowl and now having the Florida Beach Bowl, that's something that fans want. And it seems like that's something that administrators want. So I want you to talk about that because there's a big discussion in the HBCU community about, hey, should we try to compete in the playoffs? Should we forego these bowl games? Or should we try to wrap our arms around the bowl game system and really go for that cultural moment, that cultural element, getting money for what we do? So I want to get your take on the bowl game versus the playoffs, like and how administrators are feeling now about it. Yeah, so I, I can give you a little back history on this. So I was at Delaware State when the MEAC and the SWAC had that first conversation about foregoing the, the playoffs in the FCS. And there was, and again, at the time, that was the first, that was the first HBCU I had ever worked at. I, I'm, I mean, I came out of the PWI space and, and trying to understand who wouldn't want to be in the playoffs. You know, that was my first, first inclination. And then starting to see that the playoffs just wasn't built for HBCUs. 
Meaning, even if you get in, you know, the likelihood you're going to play one of the top teams in the in the league, you're already outmanned from a scholarship standpoint. You're already outmanned by the numbers that you have on the team, by the number of staffing most likely that you have. So there were just some inequities that 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 led the the commissioners at the time at the SWAC and the MIAC and the SWAC that said, hey, no. Well, this is not for us. And so when ESPN came with the idea of this celebration bowl and that being the true champion from the HBCU standpoint, and there was dollars attached to it, there, it, it just became a no-brainer, I think, for institutions to say, you know, we're striving to be in the bowl game instead of the playoffs. And that's FCS. That's Division One. And I think that model is working. Division two has not adopted that model yet. So I told the team today when we made the announcement to them in terms of us saying we're just going to be striving to play in the Florida Beach Bowl, we're not there yet because that means we have lost some games. And I'm not trying to lose any games. Let's go into playoffs. We w- we want to be in Benedict's position one day unless – they come up with the beach bowl is going to be similar to the celebration bowl. And I don't know if they're, if they're, if we're there yet with the NCAA and the two commissioners having that conversation. But if we get to that point, then absolutely. Then that means that the beach bowl would become the premier event for us in the division two level. And then you market it on, on Saturday, everybody head to the uh, celebration bowl. I mean, so it's just, it's kind of to me, tying everything up and saying, hey, I mean, this is getting our schools exposure, but also we're leaving with a check. That's what's most important. I'm excited about the exposure we're going to get from this game, but us playing in this game, this man gets more scholarships. He gets, you know, the possibility of being able to hire some more staff. That's also what this means. We're not going to get that going into the playoffs. We're paying for everything when we go to the playoffs. So the exposure is great, and it just matches you up with the talent that, that is in the comp and that is in Division Two. But it also does not lead to any revenue for our program. And so the Beach Bowl is great and wonderful, and if it culminates to being the championship game for APCUs in Division Two then that's what we're going to be striving for. But until then, we want to be trying to go, you know, 10 and 0 every year and be in playoffs. I think that brings up a great point. And I want to get you in coach Gibbs. I, I want to talk about that level of exposure because one thing that in the HBCU community that we talk about a lot is how to get our, our student athletes exposure. So they don't feel as if they have to go somewhere else to get it. I mean, you look at the celebration bowl, it's on ABC and you see 2016 that gets 2.7 million. And then 2019, 1.9 million. You're seeing 2 million, 1 million. I did, I did an article about it where you look at it and we as an HBCU community for the Celebration Bowl, we're outrating and getting more viewership than the FCS championship except for one year. So there's still this conversation about how these student athletes can get exposure. So do you think that you being in the Celebration Bowl and having that experience, do you think that the bowl system is something that can really get student athletes the exposure that, that they, they want to get into the professionals or really to grow their careers as athletes? Absolutely. It's definitely 
uh, a way to, to get on a big stage. When you, when you think back to 2015, that is when Tariq Cohen was introduced to the world. You know, before that, I think everybody in the HBCU space knew of him or had heard, had heard of him at the time. But in 2015, the world got a chance to see him play. So when you get a chance to play in a bowl game, like the Florida Beach Bowl or the Celebration Bowl, it's a chance to play in front of a large audience and show the whole world or the country uh, what you can do from an exposure standpoint for the players. But it's also an opportunity for the universities to get some exposure that they wouldn't get you know, necessarily in the playoffs. Uh, when you get a chance to play in a bowl game, and kids get to see that, and it's on TV, and it's all over social media, that not only grows uh, the exposure for the individual players or the team, but also the university. So I think this bowl thing is something that we really need to do uh, in-depth analysis of and, and see if we can try to grow it and make it into uh, something like the Celebration Bowl. And the crazy part about it is, for once in the modern day, HBCUs are at the forefront of it. Like, it's not something we're catching on to the wave of because the Pioneer Bowl existed in 1997, like literally before the Celebration Bowl and before a lot of these bowls. FCS, Division Two, they don't have bowl games. Now, this is our second bowl game in Division Two. Yeah, the Celebration Bowl that's doing all these numbers, doing so many amazing things. So it's crazy. Like, we're on the forefront of something amazing that a lot of schools are leaving Division Two, They're leaving FCS to go to FBS to get these opportunities and make money. So I think that's something that's amazing. But... Let's get down to the topic at hand, the Florida Beach Bowl. And we were seven and three this year. You got Corinthians Edmonds. You got Kelvin Durham. Got that defensive line that does not play any games. So, Coach, I just want you to give me your outlook going into this Florida Beach Bowl. And we have on the other side, Coach Flowers, who was your predecessor at Fort Valley. There's a little storyline around that, too. So I want you to talk to me. So what's the outlook going into this game? Like, how do we win this Florida Beach Bowl? Well, we win it the same way we've won all the other games this year. You know, we got a formula that we think uh, works. You know, the first thing we want to do is, is stop the run. We finished where we're currently the number six run defense in the NCAA Division II. You know, so John C. Smith is is a team that uh, wants to run the football. So, you know, we got to keep them from doing that. So we have to be able to stop the run. Uh, secondly, we got to protect the football. When you look at the games that we lost down the stretch in particular, turnovers were a major factor and us not being successful in those games. We can't give the other team any extra possessions. We can't have any untimely turnovers. We got to protect the football and give ourselves a chance to play defense. You know, we can't give their offense a short field and give them any extra possessions. So we got to be able to protect the football. And then on the flip side of that, we got to turn the ball over. We had a good amount of turnover. We have 20-plus turnovers that we created on defense this year. So we want to continue doing that. And then the last thing we got to do is uh, win the kicking game. You know, we have to be able to dominate our opponent in the kicking game. That's the third phase. I'll call it the loss phase of the game where a lot of people don't put a lot of attention to, but we do. So we have to go out on December 13th and have a good showing in our kicking game. You know, some other things besides those three things, we have to do a better job in the red zone. Offensively, when we get in the red zone, we need to score touchdowns. Defensively, we need to force field goals. We have to be better on third down. You know, we want to be over 40% of, from a conversion rate on uh, offense and defensively, you know, we want to shut the water off and have them 25% or less. And if we can do that, we think we have an opportunity. And then, you know, 
defensively something that we got to do that we really did a, a better job of toward the end of the year is to eliminate explosive plays by their offense. We want to keep the ball in front of us and be able to tackle in space. If we can do those things, then I think I think we'll be I think we'll be fine. You know, fortunately, a good thing about playing in the Florida Beach Bowl is this serves two purposes. Number one, we're getting ready to go play a worthy opponent in John C. Smith, so we get to prepare for that. But we also get 20 more practices to prepare for next season. So this is like another spring ball for us. So not only are we get prepared uh, for John C. Smith, but we're also in the developmental stage with some of our younger players and trying to get them ready for the future. So, you know, we're excited. We know that John C. Smith is a worthy opponent. Uh, Coach Flowers has done a good job up there. He's got them with a winning record, 7-3. I don't know when the last time they had a winning record was, but, you know, it's not something they've done uh, quite often. So he's done a good job. They have a good defense. So it's going to be a challenge. But just like every other game that we go into, uh, we're more worried about Fort Valley than our opponent. We got to make sure that Fort Valley is doing the things that we need to do to be successful. That's right. Listen, we got to make sure Fort Valley is good because a lot of folks, they don't, I feel like a lot of folks didn't see the greatness that we had this year. Because I think a lot of folks, you know, were stuck on what the Red Tails Classic was and even the Benedict game. They really stuck on that, but they didn't look at how we won four of the first five games after that Red Tails Classic by double figures. So people really need to look at what we have going on and really what you're building down here because we're building the power. And I cannot wait to see what goes down in the Florida Beach Bowl. It's going to be airing on HBCU Plus and Impact Network. It's going down 7.30, December the 13th, the week of the Celebration Bowl. And who knows? It might be, you know, Benedict in that national championship in Division Two. We're pulling for that, too. You know, so it might be a lot of HBCU football going on, plus the band championship, too. So listen, before we go, I want to ask both of you all, because I know it's a lot of folks from Fort Valley that are going to be listening to this as well. So how can we support you all? Because when we hear the mission, we hear the goal, we hear wanting to go undefeated and wanting to be a national brand and the top team in the SIEC. But starting with you, A.D. Payne, I want to end with you, Coach Gibbs. Like, what can we do to support you all in that mission? So let me do it in two phases. Number one, specifically for this Beach Bowl, we need people to buy the tickets. I know that a lot of people may be like, we're not, can't come or, or can't attend. So I still need you to buy a ticket. <laughs> and the reason being is, we, you know, we have a guarantee of tickets that we have to, we're required to purchase be, 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 to be in the bowl game. And we can do it. We just did it at Fountain City Classic. So that's why I wasn't, I, I didn't, you know, take, you know, take take heart and when I saw the number I was like okay we just did that so we should be able to do it again um so folks that are not going that's fine but just go on and support us uh by still purchasing a ticket to the game and maybe sending it to a, a friend or, or or someone or tell us to give it to a school in the area and we'll make sure that 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 happens so that's number one specifically for this particular game is that folks buy buy tickets to it tickets will be on sale tomorrow um, the second thing that, that people can do when it just comes to our program in general is to give to our athletic association. So Fort Valley State has its own athletic association that supports athletics, period. And everything that we need to do from an athletic department standpoint, from a travel standpoint, from buying new helmets, specifically, I want to I make sure that this team gets another set of helmets next year. 
Well, that's going to be about seven or eight grand. I need to be able to do that with uh, no question by people giving to the athletic association. And, and, and then when we do that, we also are helping with scholarships. So we need more scholarships. We, we're playing with 18 scholarships right now. That is the half of what is allowed in Division II. So when people talk about what we're doing, we are punching above our weight, absolutely punching above our weight. And the success that we're having is because of the people in position that's making that success go. We don't have all the resources necessary to do that. And so that's incumbent on me and my role to make certain that we raise the dollars, we increase the giving to our athletic association so we can fund the things that we need to fund for the athletic department and specifically football. I love it. So Coach Gibbs, I want to end off with you. So how can we support you and your mission to really bring the SIC championship, the Florida Beach Bowl, and just success to this program? Well, kind of the piggy piggyback off what Dr. Miles Payne said, you know, I think the first thing is we have to support financially because we have to get our scholarships uh, up to where we can be competitive on a national scale. And when you look at a school like Benedict, you know, they're fully funded. You know, they have the 36 scholarships. They have the full allotment of coaches. So there's a reason for their success. That's not taking anything away from what Coach Barry has done with that program. He's done a tremendous job. He's built a great culture. He's got those guys playing at a high level. But finances do play a part in it. So we have to support financially and make sure that we can accumulate the resources that we need to be the program that we're capable of being. If we can get our scholarships up to the full amount, if we could get 236 scholarships, that's a whole nother team. I mean, we're playing with 18 scholarships. Imagine us doubling the amount of talent that we have. I believe we could compete with anybody in the country if we had the full amount being in the state of Georgia, the hotbed for recruiting that it is and our neighboring states with Florida and Alabama and Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, we can get players from everywhere. And then if we can do that and build the resources that we need so we can get the scholarships that we need, uh, be able to attract the coaches that we need, then I think we can put a product on the field that's not only going to be able to represent us in the, from the SIAC, but on a national level. And that's where I want to go. I want Fort Valley State to be recognized nationally. So financially would be the first thing I would say. And then secondly, I think – I would say just continue doing what our alums is doing and spreading the word about Fort Valley. Fort Valley is a great place. We've produced a lot of people, not only on the football field, but in corporate America and medicine and all walks of life. We have a lot of successful people that are Fort Valley state graduates. So we got to continue spreading the word and letting all these young men and women know that Fort Valley is a place that you can come and achieve anything that you want to in this world. I love it. Listen, these, like these are leaders. See, I, I see a change in Fort Valley. Like we making it happen. Like we gonna we gonna get there. Like we gonna get there real soon. And the beach bowl is the first step. Get us now because these next few years we're taking over and we're making things happen. So listen, the Florida Beach Bowl is taking place in DRV Pink Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Wednesday, December thirteenth, seven thirty p.m. The game's gonna be broadcasted on HBCU Plus and Impact Network. Definitely check your local listings for Impact Network and download the HBCU Plus app. But listen, Dr. Payne, Coach Gibbs, thank you so much for coming on. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio. Like what you hear? Uh. 
Yeah. Subscribe to HBCU Pulse Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, head to HBCUPulse.com to stay up to date on what's going on in the HBCU community. Thank Thank you for for listening listening to HBCU HBCU Pulse Pulse Radio. Radio.